Hello and welcome to Turning Point Tactics, the competitive Kill Team 40k podcast and YouTube channel focused on giving you the strategies and tactics for season initiative every turning point. I'm your host Ryan and I'm joined by the man flew to our consistent delivery schedule, Connor. <laughs> How are you doing this evening, Connor? Yeah, I'm good, thanks Ryan. I was, have been wondering, is this, is this a sign that I should be playing more or less Nurgle Legionary? I haven't quite figured that out actually. Well, Grandfather Nurgle would mean that you can actually... Uh, man up and, and, and carry on because you wouldn't feel that pain it's giving um, me his blessings doesn't it yeah <laughs> so other than just uh, drinking Lemsip which uh, Lemsip if you're listening you want to sponsor the show um, <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to have you been, been thinking about Kill Team at all or staying at home feeling sorry for yourself uh, I've, I've been you know well you would not obviously you've been by my bedside this whole time <laughs> been, me helping you through these difficult troubling times <laughs> um, no I've, I haven't been thinking very much about Kill Team but you did you did take two a couple of uh, breaks from my bedside actually didn't you to go on some tournaments did uh, did you want to talk about those today yeah sure so yeah I managed to go to Darkstray in London sorry I just managed to inhale, inhale something <clears throat> oh god um should not he's coming after you now. <laughs> it's going for me as well. <laughs> no, well, what it is, is, the other tournament I went to was at uh, Sanctuary Sutton Ashfield. And um, Jason always makes sure that you you leave with chocolate every single time. And I thought then when you were talking, I'd be able to quickly sneak in a little bit of chocolate and get away with it. <laughs> um, but as it turns out, it, is, it has caught me right in the windpipe. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. We're such professionals. You're over here with your lem sip and <laughs> <laughs> just chuckling through. <laughs> we should say team. there are other brands of paracetamol drinks <laughs> that you can have. <laughs> but but lem sip is it's a referred one. Um, sorry, yes, right back to kill team. Right, that's, that's what we talk about every week. So dark sphere, yeah. I well, I went two wins, one draw, one loss. And they're all really close games, so I managed to get a win against uh, Commandos, which was a weird game because we sort of ran out of time. I'm not quite sure why we ran out of time because we felt like we were playing quite quickly, and then suddenly we, we, it was turning point three and we we timed out. Um, but I think it quite, happened to quite a few people, so I'm not quite sure what happened there. But anyway, uh, so I was up on points. I think it would have ended up being a really close game. I think it was like a few points in it. Um, so I managed to win that. Went into Harlequins, which I th- thought was a draw. Hang on a second. Am I doing this wrong? Is that a loss? It was a loss, wasn't it? So I thought it was a draw because the guy I was playing against wasn't too familiar with his tack ops. He was doing mythic play. We tied up the game. At the end, I'd won by a point. Oh, that was it. I'd won by a point. And um, I was talking to him and I was like, it's really weird that you you didn't max that tack up because everyone always maxes it. And I don't understand how you haven't done it. And he was like, well, it's because of the way it works. And that the other one, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Because I played quite a lot of Harlequins. I was like, but you know, I, I'm not, it's, I'm, it's not my team. I was like, are you sure that's how it works? And um, we asked someone else and he said, no, no, it doesn't work like that. So we corrected the score, added him his extra tack up point, which then meant it was a draw rather than a win for me, um, which then meant I got to go straight into Felgor Ravages. Now, what I'll say about this tournament, by the way, <laughs> is, <laughs> is it that's was... That's how we a- honour good sportsmanship, <laughs> straight into Ravages. <laughs> straight into Ravages. And... Um, this was like the absolute shark's den of tournaments, right? So the first guy, I should have said, is, uh, is Nick Collins, who, uh, if you guys don't know, you, well, you, you probably use his product already because you'll be on the Kill Team scorecard app by, by Crossfire Games. And he's the guy that like runs Crossfire Games. Right, so Nick's an amazing opponent. So he's really good at Kill Team. He's also very talented in the ability to actually do like apps and uh, design and 3D printing and all sorts. Um, 
So anyway, so that was like a really tough start, like first game against Commanders, which I think is a really hard matchup for his action. Then into Void Dancers, which again is is really tough. And we we're playing, I think it was Loot or something like that. So it was just, oh, it might be secure. But either way, quite a difficult matchup and didn't quite manage to get it. Uh, ended up being a draw. And then I was into Felga Ravages. And I was like, oh my lordy, you know. And it's played by Matt, and Matt's a fantastic player as well. So <laughs> I go through this game, but I had a strategy of how to beat them in my head. So I managed to do, do okay to, with that. And then I was like, cool, I had these three like insane difficult games. What's next? And it's against Serkan. And you, we've, you've probably heard me talk about Serkan before, and he's an amazing player. Sort of player, yeah. Yeah, he's a really good player from the London, London scene. Uh, he's running Chaos Cult, right? And the mission boy. <laughs> is capture. And I'm like... Oh, this is, I think this could have been any worse for me as, like, as, as it goes. Like, this is a, it's a really good good opponent. It's a strong player, strong team on their best um, best mission. And I actually think, I think the rumours are wrong. I think Into the Dark's worse for Chaos Cult in comparison to Open Board. And this was Open Board. Uh, I'll explain why later. But anyway, so I, I gave him a really good game, I think. Um, it came down to initiative roll for the last turning point. Had a one... I would have won the game because I would have been able to keep my Robin Ransack guy alive and taken two more in primaries. Um, but I ended up losing by a point because uh, I lost that initiative role. So it was it was super close. So I, I think I gave him a, a pretty fun game, which is which is the main thing, and you know, it made him really but work. But not him. not exaggerating then, because everyone. You know, there's a feeling at the minute that Colts are overpowered, but that sounds like a good tight game, like fun. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what I would say is that, like, the game. So, I went four points on, on turning point one on primary, and then on turning point two, I got another four points, and I got some secondaries, and then on turning point three, I went down to two points. No, three points, sorry, uh, on primaries. And then on turning point four, because it was capture, he was able to just spend one on uh, minus one APL control and just run his his torments onto all my objectives. And so he he denied me, I think, all but one primary uh, on that turn. And, and that's that turning point four is what crushed me. And so, yeah, I I don't really know what the solution is to that because I said that that's kind of the way their team is built at the moment. Well, we, we've suggested a whole bunch of changes that, that GW could make. But yeah, so like it's it's really weird because you feel like you're doing it and you feel like you're winning. You know, like you like four points on turning point one, four points on turning point two. You know, you're, you're collecting all your secondaries. You've got three points on turning point three. It's like this is I'm I'm on for a four four three three whatever, and then and it didn't quite work out. So um, I think had I played. Uh, secure or loot that probably would have been my game but I do think exaction have some play into them exactly. so speak- okay. yeah it, yeah so uh, speaking of I went to sanctuary where I went three and one with exaction again I think I came fourth in the end um, so that fairly respectable um, performance uh, my first game was against chaos Colts on capture and into the dark <laughs> so I was like oh here we go we're in for it now, um, practice, but I just come, or... <laughs> just come out of that practice match with uh, with Serkan, effectively. Um, so that was a really good game. And this is why I think, for me personally, Chaos Colts actually aren't quite as good on um, Interdot because cause you, can do the, you can do the really cheesy things, right? Like block up an entire corridor by placing one model just behind a barricade. And they can't they can't get over your base. They can't go around your base. And suddenly you, you can just, you can just shut down one route. And then they have to open all the doors. They have to get through the hatchways. They have to fight their way around. Whereas on open board they can just like run at you. Um, and at the end they have they, they can move wherever they need to move and collect all these uh, sorts of things. So yeah. So anyway, I I think 
it's it's harder for them on Into the Dark in that specific matchup between between the Exaction Squad and, and Chaos Colts. Although it does hurt that you don't get any kills on turning point one. I, I, I will agree with that. So anyway, I managed to win that. I went to Vetguard. Um, where I, I, I narrowly lost by TVP, which was it was, a, it was a really close game. Tom was it was it was was really good. There, there was one thing that I've I've realised that we we played wrong because I couldn't find the FAQ. So it was um, in Death Atonement, and in my head because he he shot someone, charged and, and fought, and I was like, I swear there's something about that where you can't do that. I checked the uh, errata for Vet Garden. I was like, oh, where is it? And it's like, oh, it's not in there. And I was like, oh, fair enough. I, I must just be making it up, right? So we, we, we did that. He, he hit, hit my guy. I killed his leader. And then um, when I got home, I was like, wow, why do I think, why do I have that in my head? You know, you know, it's like in the back of your mind, like, yeah. I swear there was something there. And then I checked the, the actual core rules, Arata, and it was in there. And obviously you can't do that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, damn it. So, I can't remember exactly the wording of it. But. Yeah, so basically you can't, you can't resolve hits in combat if you're incapacitated. Um, yeah. So, and, which is fine, um, and it was it was one of those things where you know I probably should have known it because it is a a, a pretty I say common thing. I don't play vet guard much, but you know I'm sure anyway. But anyway, so that one I, I narrowly lost. So then I was into exaction squad and a mirror match, uh, and that was on loot, which which went pretty well. I've had, I've had a few practice games. Uh, so Mike at MGS Miniatures has has played against me, and I've played against Kieran before, and I've played against some other people as well. So I'm pretty happy with that matchup now. I roughly know what's going on, so I managed to win that one. And the final game I was against Chris, a mate from from um, from Knots Group, and he was running as blooded. Um, and again, we had like a really, really close tight battle. And I think, what was it, like 17-16 or something? It was it was one point in it or something crazy. So again, like a really fun, tight finish because he managed to kill my escort operative on the last turn. So yeah, it was it was one of those things like, I remember as well. Like he came with his shotgun dude and just one shot my leader. And I was like, Jesus, the, the chance of that is so, so like unbelievably low. And then I moved my shotgun guy out and shot his his, his Ogryn and one shot his Ogryn. So it was just like, <laughs> I was like, the chance of that is so low. So like, we had these like wild moments where absolutely like the weird, wonderful things shouldn't have happened. Um, but they did, you know, so um, it, it was an absolutely awesome couple of tournaments, you know, over the last two weeks, been, been getting together, playing with some, some mates, throwing some dice, having loads and loads of fun. And um, I, and this is like one of the things that well I, I think we should go into it now, Connor, because I think there's there's, there's a, a massive emphasis on this, which is now is actually the best time to play kill team, and that's probably going to sound odd because a lot of people are hearing from their like from the community about how the meta's broken, how you know it, it, it's not enjoyable in the competitive scene because you can't win, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and I just think that we're maybe forgetting the the key reason why we all get together to throw dice anyway. And I, and I will say that as as content creators, I think we have to be quite responsible as, as to what we say and how we say it because what, we are some of the loudest voices in the community, right? So if you know, I mean, we're amazingly up to a thousand subscribers, and you know, p- people are, are are listening to us, and, and they're all pretty much. In our, in our niche, the competitive community of Kill Team, right? And and if we say something like, if we say that the, the Kill Team community is not worth playing in at the moment because it's broken, it's going to put people off. And I, I've heard quite a lot of anecdotal stories of people saying that they're going to take a break from the game because um, because they don't want to play into the current meta. And I just feel like it's it's a bit of a shame, really, because I, th- I think we're missing a little bit of 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 what's exciting. So I sort of wanted to talk a little bit at the start about why I think actually now is. Is, is the best time to play. So firstly, it's the TOs, right? So your TOs have been planning these events for months ahead, right? 
and and they put they put the heart and soul in, into these things and, and they really do try to make it so you have as much fun as possible but it's only really achievable through ticket sales so if people don't don't buy tickets because they don't want to turn up then suddenly you know th- these events could, could disappear and i'm worried that we're losing track of that as well so like it's, it's one of these things where like you know Yes, there might be a Chaos Cult player that turns up. There might be one or two, might be three, whatever. But if, if if sixty of you turn to the event, then the chance of you playing more than one Chaos Cult game is is like ridiculously low. And so you're probably only going to meet them in in the later rounds, and you probably only play them once. So you know, I, I've gone to two events. I've played against Chaos Cults twice. Um, but I, I managed to win one of them, right? Like, and and I'll tell you what, like that is like such a rewarding experience when you manage to just. Just eke that win against the faction that you're not really supposed to. And I, in our game at Sircan, where at one point in it, you know, I was like, if I just win this role, you know, like, then I've done it. I've it's it's it's, it's David versus Goliath, and I, and I toppled the beast. And that is like really fun, I think. And although you know, you know, you're going into it on the back foot, and you know that the, the the odds are stacked against you. That can still be a lot of fun in that. So. I think I think that that's a reason to do it, but but also I think you can now just take a slightly different take on it. And I'm, I'm saying to people, just try experimenting. You know, go for a bit of variety. I've been playing Exaction Squad, a team that I probably wouldn't be playing too much of. You know, if I was trying to be a diehard, uh, win at all costs kind of player, but they're they're good fun. You know, and 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 I'm I'm learning more about the game. I'm learning about their matchups. Um, I'm learning to respect the subductors. I think there's actually quite a few matchups now where I'm. I'm, I'm taking them, whereas before I was, you know, pretty hard over saying that I wouldn't take them. I'm playing a bit more security tack ops, which is pretty wild. Uh, so, like, there, there's all these little things where you know you can you can learn that the, these new abilities, learn these new things, you experiment. You can you can have fun. Um, you can bring new players in and you can teach them because you know I've been going to these some various new areas locally, and there's a, a local club near me I went to the other day and, and hosted a, a, a kill team teaching night. So hopefully we'll get you know four more players, five more players out of that, and then maybe they'll turn up to the next tournament. And you can hope you can grow the community, right? And um, you know, it's and I'll say this all, all the time about Sanctuary. You know, I think it, it's um, it's it's my personal competition to Warp Fire Gaming in the US with with Ben Battle Brothers Tabletop because I know he's has a cult obsession with Warp Fire Gaming, but like it's it's my equivalent because you you turn up and it's just such a good good crowd of people. And you, and you just enjoy it, right? And and they're winning sportsmanship awards, they're winning painting awards, they're winning, you know, the um, like the, the the community votes and all this sort of stuff. And I think that's almost more important than winning the tournament overall. Um, and I think you know we're, we're hoping to host a tournament on the, on the 25th and 26th of November um, this year. It's going to be in London. And I think for me, the prize that everyone should really be trying to get. A, a, a amongst above everything else is the the most the most sportsmanship award right like that is that saying to you that you, you can place wherever you want to place in the tournament but if someone says i really enjoyed playing with you and i want to play with you again that to me seems to be far more valuable than anything else right so that that's better than first or second place um so i think that's why now is the best time to play kill team you know it, it's very easy for us to, as a community, to focus on the negatives, and 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 I, I get it, I really do. But start finding those those counters to it. Start, you know, having fun and and, and teach new players the game, bring more people in, and 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 just try and do something a bit a bit different. I think. Any thoughts on that, Connor? Oh, no, I think that's a that's a great point and really nicely put. And I think also like, are you going in there to win? I mean, we all are to an extent, but you know, you lose the first game, are you going home afterwards? 
No, you go in there because you're going to have a fun game and you've got three more games and you have a blast. And you've just played two tournaments. You didn't win the tournaments, but you've had a blast. So maybe just reflect on that. Like it's winning is a part of it, but you can still go and, and really enjoy your weekend and, and have a good time. Absolutely. And I, and I saw like the weird thing as well. Like I think there was maybe two or three Chaos Colts players today. I think two. And the other tournament I went to, there was two or three. Neither of them got first place, by the way. So I think they ended up getting interesting second and third. Did they get sportsmanship? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Connor? Um, that was uh, to be fair, I actually, like, say, complete honesty, I actually did vote for Sir Cam for both my sportsmanship because I really enjoyed the game. And I think that's kind of the thing. It's like we're, we're losing track of, of where we're at, right? So I played a game against Chaos Colts. It was it was insanely difficult. I got it down to a dice roll. That was that was that was a fun game, and I'm happy with that. So, um, and they're the best games to play I think. Against, so. when they're that oh, close absolutely. and that tense, I, I love them. And that's exactly it. So, and and that's kind of why I think it's like a. It's, 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 let's not lose track of that, right? Like let's let's not forget why we play the game in the first place because that's really important. Um, and it was it was really good fun, and I really enjoyed it. So that was pretty epic. I've, I forgot what else you said I was going with on that that thread, but yeah, it's been a, it's been an awesome couple, uh, awesome couple of weekends. Loads of tournaments, loads of fun. Um, oh, that's my point. I was going to say. This came back to me. People used to turn up to tournaments, like a, a sixty-four player tournament or a thirty player tournament, whatever. And statistically, like you probably weren't going to win anyway. You know, like, like I went to to Warhammer Fest, knowing that I wasn't going to win Warhammer Fest. Sure, I, I, I was. I had a, I had a shot, and I might be up there and in the top eight, whatever. But statistically, it's not. It's not. It's, un, it's highly unlikely, and it's really no difference now with Chaos Colts. Like I guess it's just it's, it's, you're even more or less likely. But for for ninety percent of players that turn up to these events, um, I don't think it matters. I, I, that's not why they think they're there and i think they have they have far more fun doing the you know two and two where maybe one of their losses is is, is against chaos colts but they they win some other games and have some really loads of fun and then also just imagine the bragging rights if you if you win right like yeah, <laughs> that's the other life. thing yeah. um because we're talking to the, um, the the other guy uh because he took chaos colts and um <laughs> too fair he came second um <laughs> so he did good he did good but um i sort of joked and said like the pressure is really on when you play one of those teams because if you don't if you don't win them all then um everyone sort of goes well oh you didn't win with a really really strong team and i joked at the start and i was like you know i'm taking exaction squad people are impressed if i just get a draw um so like like I, people really, say like, why didn't you bring inquisition that's what that's what they're yeah, exactly yeah, like why didn't you just take the inquisition it's like well they're fun you know and they, they got some cool stuff um but yeah so Connor, i think that's that, that's a bit of a recap for the last two weeks um i know we've been a bit out of the loop because i've been doing it as a club nights so you've been you know um being a being a a wuss on death's door. Um, on, on death's door. <laughs> I mean, you got out of A and E like like a few days ago. You're fine. Um, so <laughs> I think we're, we're going to go into some uh, Patreon priority questions. We have a whole host that we need to get through and answer. Um, but obviously, there's probably some people out there that are listening that are thinking, "Oh, hey, uh, I want my question answered on the show." Um, if they are and they want to support the show, is there a way in which they can go about doing that? Yeah. So if you'd like to support. Uh, myself or my nameless assistant, uh, you can become a patron. Uh, that'll cost you as little as £3 a month, which is enough to uh, get me a few sachets of a generic, nondescript, lemon, paracetamol-flavoured drink. But what would that get you? 
that would get you uh, early access to all of our videos as well as some exclusive patron only content such as we've got a discord set up now we've got some um, uh, some bat reps on there we've got a hobby section that's, that's quite fun i love what seeing what people can come up with on that we've got memes don't forget the memes and uh, maybe you're still trying to pick up some chaos culture self we've also got an affiliate link with elliot with element games so if you want to uh, try and get yourself one of them for a 15% discount, if you buy it through our link, and that's another way to support the podcast, or even if you just hit like and subscribe and share it with everyone, that'll also help to support the podcast too. Nice. Um, I actually called up. <laughs> I spoke to, to Russ from GFN today about that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, very nice, very nice. So it's like it's fully started now. And... Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, it's really good. And if you guys are, are listening, you'll check out some Kill Team Bat Reps. Highly recommend checking out GFN Gaming. Um, he's got a whole bunch of them on there. And, and they're really, really high quality. They're, they're the ones that, you know, I, I wish I, I could do something like that. They're um, insane, aren't they? They're insane yeah, quality. They're I love them. They're, they're fun to watch as well. And that's kind of it, which is actually really cool. I was speaking, I was, I was speaking to um, Jason texting earlier as well the uh, the knots ta and we're talking about how cool it is that all the competitive scenes are like coming together and and people are learning more and more about what other people do and that sort of stuff and it's just really cool that you can see people connecting understanding and that the, the scene's getting bigger and better and all that sort of stuff so um really really cool okay so we should probably get into some questions connor yeah so our first question starts off actually with um with narrative play and they want to know, what is the priority when picking for strategic assets slash rare equipment? It's a really good question. Um, so I've got a few thoughts on this. Uh, and the first thought is, like, remember it's narrative, right? So I, from a competitive point of view, you, you, you can look at it in a sense of, like, what can I do to, like, absolutely break this game? <laughs> and you can find stuff. Like, 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 there is some ways to really break the game, Um with with stuff you can do so you know you, you make you can make like uh, a shredder have p1 or something uh and you're playing into the dark and then suddenly you've got this five attacks lethal five p1 my god uh rending god. <laughs> and it's like good, good god <laughs> think of the children um and then and it or make it ceaseless i mean yeah you, you can really break it so um my first thing I'd say is like just choose stuff that you think is going to be fun to play with, um, because there is a, there is a whole bunch of fun stuff out there, um, and and you can really you know you can do a whole bunch of things that just just enjoy your general fluff of the game, right? So uh, and then a lot of the narrative selections random anyway, um, so that's probably how I'd start. Um, the next thing I'd say that you want to look for is like deficiencies in your team. So if your team's not particularly reliable, maybe you're like. Um, your shooting isn't very good, or uh, your, your melee's not very good. Like maybe look at trying to get some of the um, the reliability your team is missing. So you know things like the, the ceaseless ability could be really useful. Um, like there's other ones where you can uh, there's a thing called a seeker spirit where uh, if you retain a critical hit, you can um, reroll one of your attack dice. It's, like a, it's kind of like a pseudo um like balanced in a way that could be really good on like a blot or, or a weapon with lethal five so you could then find a way of doing that um but you could also find you know like there, there is like melee ones that have balance etc etc so try and find where it is that you think your team's lacking something and then buff it to, to where it needs to be um if it's like raw damage there's ways you can increase your damage characteristics so that could mean that 
your weapon, I don't know, goes from being, let's say it's like a bolter, 3-4. If you make it suddenly 4-5, actually that becomes really, really effective at killing stuff. Um, you could make the Shredder, for instance, 4-5 damage, and that would probably break it because it's insanely OP. <laughs> but like, you can, you know what I mean? Like yeah. You can find where it is you need the, um, the, the, the element to, to be uh, increased. And then uh, with strategic assets, I think this is where you actually have quite a lot of um, a lot of options. There's there's some that I think are actually much better than 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 maybe is given credit for. So um, one that you and I used was the engineering bay, where um, at the end of setting up barricades, you can select a train a train oh, feature yeah. in six and then make it heavy, right? Right. Um, and that so you can be really clever with this. Um, you can drop one of your barricades down in a in a key route, make it heavy, and then suddenly it becomes obscuring, and then you can you obscure your whole team from a certain angle, and that's really good. Um, so I I really like that one. Um, if you know that you're quite an aggressive player, maybe you know you like the corn style of gameplay, and you're always reliant on a turn two initiative. Go for the you know the the reroll initiative option maybe um, because that that could be really useful. Um, or, you know, if you're very, very CP hungry, there's one for a, a free tactical ploy without spending CP. So, but that's one of those things where you have to like, look at what your team does and then go every single turning point. I use this specific like tactical ploy and therefore I'm going to use this and that's going to give me the CP back to really use it for, for other stuff. Um, so it's a bit of a funny one. I, I would say you really want to look at where your team is deficient and try to um, like work on 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 that. I know this um, this uh, particular question from the Patreon came from someone that was looking kind of at the um, the the hand of the Archon. So I think um, I think that's for me in that team. I'd be looking at ways to to work work maybe with the pain tokens because they're really strong when they have their pain tokens up, but sometimes they they just like they just don't ever get them so there's various equipment you can get and a, a strategic asset that you get that can give you some more of these pain tokens and a it's very thematic you know it's 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 what the team do they have these pain tokens it's a part of their in inherent ability and b it's going to help with your reliability right it's going to give you a bit of flex that the team needs to secure the kills they need early on and then be able to go forward with that as well so that's kind of what I would look at if I was playing that team. I think that that for me ticks a narrative box of being like the right kind of the kind of thing to do. And then um, B it also helps you in game. And the stuff that I would I would stay away from is anything which is um, like XP based or casualty based because actually the chance of you taking casualty is pretty low, um, and and it's very rare that your guy actually fully dies. So I wouldn't worry too much about it in, in that sense. And if they do, you just you just buy a new one and you're probably not going to lose too much. So, um, And also, it adds a bit more to the narrative of it, right? Like if your guy dies, that's kind of cool in a weird way. So that's kind of what I would go for. Um, but you played a bit of narrative. Got any thoughts on that? Anything that you think you'd add in? I agree with everything that you said, especially them and our people dying. Um, I think we, we smashed each other, didn't we? And, and I don't think, and also playing against Dad, nobody died in it. We've got some cool injuries, which, as you said, helps build that narrative maybe consider picking your strategic assets from a narrative perspective as well try and think about you know what what you're doing while you're there maybe there's some equipment there that just ties in with that and helps you get um gets more out of the games that you're playing and the missions that you're doing uh, one thing i will add which is a bit 
Pathfinder focus, but that's who I was playing. And but it just gives a different angle. I quite liked. I can't remember what it was, but they basically got like a um, aerial drone that allowed you to do a marker light instead of activating your model. I didn't really care for the extra marker light. I got loads of them. But what I did like was that break in tempo. So, it, you know, we talk about Zugzwang before. Yeah, I think it was OP. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just meant that I know that Ryan doesn't want to make a move now, but I'm going to make him do a move anyway. And just um, on a, I think it was, what, 12, 13-man team at the time. Now I've got a 14-man yeah, team, 13 basically. Man, you were up to 14 activations. Yeah, yeah. it was um, it's unfair. That was but, um, really good. <laughs> again you know we're playing competitive we're playing narrative i don't know i can't remember but um <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember that the fun bit was was you winning right you enjoyed winning oh, was, oh was... yes <laughs> oh yes i did yeah that was you that's, you were playing corsair and uh you got rare equipment every game and i got none yeah they get they get it so fast oh my word man that that, that four or five damage shredder oh my is, oh uh, my something else to take that much um but one, one um, thing oh my oh my i would say with regards to the strategic assets or rare equipment if you if you are selecting it randomly just make sure everyone's on the same. I think that's a good way to select it, but just make sure everyone's on the same page and everyone's doing it or everyone's picking what they want just to make, make it fair and stop squabbling or anything. But I think random's yeah. a good way to go. It makes sense. You don't really know what or you're Or tell asking. all your friends to do random and then just choose yours. But oh, I rolled so well. <laughs> no, you can't see the dice. I'll tell you what I rolled. Yeah. I'll tell you what I got. Um, yeah. Alrighty, hopefully that answers that question. Do we have uh, the next one, Colin? Yeah, so this is uh, now we're talking about competitive here and the Inquisition roster specifically. Uh, what are your uh, thoughts on the Inquisition roster and have they changed since the data slate got dropped? Yeah, so this is really interesting. So um, I was already a big fan of the RBTs and the Breachers. Um, I am even more of a fan of the RBTs and even more of a fan of the Breachers. So I think those are the two like auto takes now. I think they're the ones that you probably shouldn't leave home without. Um, and then I think probably the Kazakin. This will be controversial. I think you could drop them because like how like how much AP do you need? Like <laughs> that's kind of the question, right? Ooh. Like like how much how much do you need to be able to kill? Uh, on a turn because when you're packing a plasma pistol a, a multi-melter and um like already and then you can bring another like either plasma gun or multi or melt gun do you really need another ap weapon like do you need five and i imagine that's how the team's going to get nerfed anyway um and, but the dual comms is lovely don't be wrong i i appreciate that but actually protect like in, in my opinion breaches might be better into that matchup because a cat can gives you more activation advantage to reveal a model and get a shot off with a multi-melter turn one or get a shot off with a plasma gun turn one or a plasma pistol, whatever it's going to be. And that's probably going to be more beneficial. So I think actually um, breaches and, and exaction are the two that, that make the roster. I think sisters silence. Um, I'm not, I'm not seeing them on there personally. Uh, maybe I should give them a go, but I think the, the, Inquisition team themselves are already quite melee focused, um, so I think giving them those that ancillary support wouldn't be too useful. Um, models that I think have, uh, I've massively grown an opinion of is like the uh, the Quest Keeper with the massive chainsaw for five six damage and brutal. Brutal is such a good keyword. You know, it's so so useful uh, just for getting forcing through damage in melee. 
and um, it massively increases your reliability of killing. And and he does that really well. So he's really good. Um, the Death World veteran's great as well. So I, I already think you have some good melee options uh, going out there, and I, and I wouldn't want to take too much more. So I reckon if you were if you were to ask me if I could only have one one ancillary support, it's going to be breaches, and that's that's who I'd take. So I think maybe taking just those two and and filling out the roster options for them might actually be be the best option. But that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think after I've done this little soiree with Exaction Squad. Inquisition is might might be who I delve into for a little bit longer because they're they're so fun they've got so much depth and um, I think that they could be they could be really really interesting. Violet. All right, Connor, should we move on to the next question? Yeah. Uh, so talking around about the terrain packs that we've got, what were some of the lessons you learned in the first terrain pack, uh, and why did you make the changes you did when you made version two? Yeah, so this is really interesting. So. Um, we released the first terrain pack and I sort of put out there my philosophy on it. So it had to be from one box of GW terrain that you would get in the, in the, the kill team box sets that came out. Um, and there was a whole bunch of like requirements from like mainly tack up driven requirements. So there had to be enough or sufficient vantage points for you to score secure vantage. Um, there had to be somewhere for you to be able to recon dash to, uh, the, the, the vantage should, should be relatively uh, exposed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I ended up making a, making a map pack, and um, the sort of the generic feedback was that the the middle ground was quite exposed, and they they, they thought it favoured shooting teams too much, um, and so but it, it had very safe deployment zones, so, so you couldn't get alpha struck, but you you were slightly more risky in the mid board. Um, and people was generically the feedback was we'd prefer to have a slightly more risky deployment zone but safe midboard. Um and so we made version two, where I did exactly that, right? So uh, I, I brought a lot more of the heavy terrain into the midboard and uh, used mainly visibility blocking to d- deny and some obscurity to deny the um the light cover from being alpha struck turn one. But there's still teams that could do it, like commandos can do alpha strikes and it's always impossible to stop to be honest um so there's still ways around it but that that was one of the things that we did um so yeah so we we went with that and and now interestingly we have this sort of like somewhat philosophical uh question which is like do we do we change it again like do we change the fact that uh there's now some really strong melee teams because Previously, like there wasn't that many strong melee teams. I think like Gellipox was was the 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 only one, right? Really, that was out there. Um, Blooded is like a blend of melee and shooting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and it's, it's same with a bunch of others. And now we've got this like we got Felgors and we got Chaos Colts and we got Gellipox, and everyone's now going, oh, maybe we should go back to having sort of like the the version one style where the, the mid board's a bit more more exposed. Um, I think I think personally. I'm pretty happy with the state of the map packs. I think there is there's one thing I was talking to Jason about that I could change is I might make so that one of the midboard objectives only is covered by light cover, so you could shoot it with advantage. Um, but I don't know. I I think I think the, my risk would be is if you change it too much, you remove the elite's ability to play the game because elites need that cover in the midboard, and that's one of the things I learned is like. If it's too far for an elite to get up up safely, they just die in their deployment zone, um, or they they're, they're, they're too 
like stuck too far back to be able to do anything else. So um, maps maps make a huge difference to the way the, the game plays, and I think I think I'm fairly happy with where they are. But that's kind of like the lessons that I've learned is how, how like how much of a deployment zone should be safe, how many models should you be able to keep safe, um, and what's the payoff to, to to them not being safe. Uh, making sure that scouting steps are relevant and they can actually do something with it, I think is really important. Um, and then making sure all the tack ops work is is kind of where I've been focusing on. But do you have any thoughts on that, Connor, or do you reckon that's sort of covered off? No, you're right. I think there's um, there are a lot of plates to spin when you're building these these map packs. And obviously with data slate updates and new teams being introduced, it changes and you get more plates and... My gut feeling is that the maps are in a good place, if I'm, if I'm honest. I, I think, you know, they're not going to be perfect for every single team, but broadly speaking, I think I think they're good. But maybe this is something we should open to the comments section. Tell us tell us what you think. You, if you've played on version one and version two, how do you feel the maps are at the minute? Which is better, yeah. And maybe as well, because like, this, is, this is a somewhat, somewhat philosophical like, question, is like, what what changes first? Do we, do we change the maps now? Like, or... To, to balance out these new melee teams or do we wait for GW to yeah, balance the yeah. teams out and then because I'm worried that we're going to like double tap it right and we're going to go oh we'll quickly release version 3 and it's going to be really bad for Chaos Colts and favours shooting teams and then <laughs> then GW get the nerf bat out and smack Colts in the face and suddenly you you, you know you're, you're back into Pathfinder dominance for the next 6 months um, and then people will have the, the, the reverse reaction so yeah, it's a tough one. There's a lot to there's a lot to think about, a lot to balance. I think you're right. Maybe maybe some people in the comments can can say below what they think they prefer. Did you prefer version one? Do you prefer version two? What changes would you make? You know, is there, is there anything that you would add or or take away? Any maps that you would tweak in particular? Um, I think the thing that I would look at is, as I said, maybe making one of the objectives slightly more exposed in the mid board. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm pretty with, happy with 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 how they play. So um, yeah, let us know what you think. Okay, cool. Next question. And I've got a question here from Ryan Slater saying, how much of your life is consumed by Kill Team? It's a, <laughs> a weekend thing with occasional thoughts. Every free moment is spent thinking or playing or it's all consuming. Work gets in the way. Um, so wh- wh- where are you at? How much of your life is consumed by by Kill Team? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great one. So <laughs> I, think, I think about Kill Team quite a bit. Um, so I would say, so I, th- I think about Kill Team every day. I think about 40k probably every day as well. Um, and I probably think about it for a couple of hours, maybe more a day. Um, and But that's like that's like generic, like all of it. So, you know, in the, in, the, in the car to work, I might listen to one of the Kill Team podcasts, uh, I might watch a bat rep from GFN. I might watch like play on tabletop. I might watch, um, I, I watch like all of Glass Half Dead's videos, that sort of stuff. So you know, I I, I stay up to date with all the all of the content uh, that's out there, and then and then I I do think about it when I'm at work. And occasionally I'll be you know just looking through the stats of certain certain things and just trying to understand what certain interactions could could work. Um, but I do think so. Almost like for me, that's like more 40k. Like, because I, I do a little bit of like theory crafting on 40k in my head. Like, because I've got a small custodies army, I've got a knight's army that's um, like in progress, um, and so th- those are the ones that I bounce between. I right? I sort of leak like list make, 
and then it'll it'll it might tweak something and i'm like oh what about this and this and then i'll go back and think about someone else and go, go into kill team wherever it is so i would say that it's um it's somewhere between a weekend thing with occasional thoughts to every free moment is spent thinking or playing. <laughs> so like, it's uh yeah, it's a fine balance. I remember because Ryan's I, I embarrassed the by this, well. so add two or three days to that estimate as well. <laughs> <laughs> My shame is, is coming out. But like, because I have a bunch of other hobbies as well, right? So like, I, I, I do quite a lot of gaming. I play like Apex Legends and and some other stuff, and so I always try to, to play the ranked on that to get to, to various rank levels. Um, and my my other friends play other games, be etc. etc. So I've got uh, I've got other hobbies as well, which I try to to sustain uh, at the same time. But this is like this is the, this is the primary focus, um, and it is di- like is di- like it is interesting since making the podcast because now that we're making content for it, there is a little bit of like pressure to to you know to keep it up. And to keep making good content, keep making uh, relevant relevant stuff, um, and so I, I'm always trying to think of what would be good and what would be useful and what what could we put out and how would I counter teams, how would I talk about attack ops in a certain way, um, and I want to make sure that we we do good content. So I don't want to risk at any point putting out something that's that's not been thought through. So I I do think about it quite a bit, I guess. Um, cool. Hopefully that answers that. Yeah, no shame there. Fair enough. That's cool. Uh, so, somewhat leading into the previous question, what is your favourite kill team and why? So, I've got to get out of jail free one with this, which is because um, obviously I'm an Imperium fanboy, right? So, I'm just going to choose Inquisition because that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's five teams in one. That's got that's got you know, the actual Inquisition guys in it. It's got Breaches, it's got Vetguard, it's got Kazakin. Um, that, that that's a free answer. Um, no, but, but being serious, I think. If I'm going to be completely honest, I think the most fun I've had with a team was Intercession Squad. And the reason why, I think, is... So people might not remember this, but if we roll back the clock, you know, a year and a bit ago, um, where it was when Kill Team first came out, Elites were trash. Right? Like, Elites were not good in the game. Um pre-legionary, no one no one was talking about Elites, really. They, they, were, they were absolutely bombed here. Like, Death... Deathwatch got a bit of attention, but they weren't anything. Uh, and and then, like you know, Legionary came out and Intercession came out, and um, there is something so cool about turning up with this really small team and performing really well with it. Like it, it's just it's it's really it's really fun when you know that it's like I've only got six guys, but I'm going to take on a horde of fourteen and and still win. You know, like. That was really cool. So for me, I, I really enjoy playing those elite teams and, and Intercession really was that flavorful experience that I wanted um, playing Space Marines. They felt like Space Marines. They were acting like Space Marines. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that. So uh, that's pretty what it is for me. How about for you, Connor? Uh, very similar, I think. So I've I've always enjoyed Tau. You know, I've enjoyed Tau. I love Tau. Got very excited in Kill Team when Pathfinders dropped and they were insanely IP. Felt a little bit dirty about it, but still very much enjoyed playing. Uh, but then, I don't know, I think I just suddenly picked up Legionary and they're just a really fun side. And I think there's something about an elite team where you, you don't have to think as hard. You've only got the six models to, like, worry about and you can almost relax and enjoy the game a bit more, particularly in that, like, fast-paced tournament environment. 
you can actually like think about moves a little bit and be a bit more casual and it's it's, it's less intense. And so I, I've had so much fun with with Legionary, and I, I also like the fact. So with um with Pathfinders, obviously you, you get the Pathfinder team basically, but with Legionary, there's so many operatives there, and then there's so much equipment. And then you've also got like your your marks as well. They've got a really huge toolbox to play with, and then that's when thinking about previous questions, you can be sat daydreaming, thinking about like, oh, what if I tried this into that team? And I haven't thought about taking that bit of equipment. I wonder how that impacts it. And then suddenly, because I'm such a nerd, I've got a spreadsheet up, and I'm running the data trying to figure out how much <laughs> how much that impacts it and stuff. Um, See, so yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go um, legionary. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, so, and that Inquisition do do that for me as well. And to be fair, his action have been that have been that for me, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, like Inquisition have so much depth, and uh, they're a team I can really spend a lot of time thinking about. But there is something just inherently so much fun about playing three APL teams. They're so explosive, and stuff happens, and you know, like suddenly you're you're shooting twice, you're picking up kills, you're, you're doing the objective concurrently. Um, and they just have these like really epic moments where suddenly you can swing the game in a single activation, and I love that about them. And then that, that's what makes them really fun, and that's probably why I think that they would be be, be the most fun team for me. Well, Kill Team, right, Connor, Kill Team's Just one. Ian cool. is around the corner, so um, we'll see how he does. Yeah, just, just, just yeah, Ian, it's just, man. Ian's it's just Ian, one man army. <laughs> It's just, it's just the captain with a power fist. Just gonna turn up. His name's Ian. Seven APL. It's just Ian and his and his mates. Right. <laughs> right. That's gonna be the new thing. Oh, next, uh, next question. So, talking of teams, then it's such a terrible kill team name. <laughs> which uh, okay, which kill team do you suspect could be uh, much higher up uh, our tier list if you played thirty games with them? Okay, yeah. So this is an interesting question. So I, I think like I'm going to sort of read this question a little bit differently because I think the tier list for me when I build it is is built based on having played those games. So I I don't think it would change the tier list as such, right? Um, I still think that if you're playing Harkin Salvages into Chaos Colts, it's going to be a rough ride, right? Um, but I think that the way I'm going to read into it a little bit is if you've got lots of experience with a team, like what what teams could you make someone have a really hard time playing against that they didn't expect? Um, I've sort of got three answers that, that I think are uh, are out there. So my first answer is, is actually going to be Exaction Squad. I've been playing quite a few games with them now. I'm probably up to sort of 15 or so. Um, and I'm learning every time I play them. And I... And I'm, I'm getting to the point now where they, I, I've realised they do not have a table comers list. They, they are like quite literally the exact opposite. Um, and how many shields you take, or if you take any shields at all, completely de- like varies based on who you're playing against. It's it's, it's wild, right? Um, and so you know, I, I'm learning those lessons, and even tack ops like. I'm I'm constantly switching between seek and destroy and security, which is something I haven't ever done before, um, and so that's really interesting. So I think Exaction Squad are one of those teams where, as you play more with them, you can really learn some cool, neat tricks 
against your opponents that are gonna 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 hurt them. So like, here's here's a perfect example. You have the the the, the dog, the Cyber Mastiff, uh, uh, i.e. Nelson, and you have uh, the, the Leash Master, right? And if you APL buff the dog, right, the dog can then charge someone and apprehend them and do D3 mortal wounds and then fight them afterwards, right? So if you're fighting, say, commandos and you, and they're, they're a ten, or beastmen, they're a 10-wound model, well, if you apprehend them, the chances are you'll do two mortal wounds or three mortal wounds and they'll go from being a... 10 wound model to an 8 wound model and then suddenly your 3 5 damage profile will kill them like that's that's a huge difference and um that's like just one little technique thing that i found playing them against those sort of like brute style teams where you can just suddenly take down a 10 wound model really effectively um and, and that's that's really interesting and really cool to me so um that that's my first answer i then think novitiates are going to be up there i think they're one of those teams where if you're really good with novitiates you can just guarantee stuff happening all the time and that's so hard to play against um when you can just make stuff happen um and so i think if you were very very good on all the maps you knew the layouts and you roughly you you planned all your movements you could you could really get that working for you um and so i think they're probably a, a team that would would put in a, a much better showing than potentially their their C tier like uh shows. And finally, I'm gonna go with Hearthkin Salvages. I think they're one of those teams where you, you if you play an immaculate game with them, like you can actually really do some some work and you can really get them doing what you need to do. And they have so many like little abilities here, there and there and like and if you can min-max all of them and you can like really get them to work together, I think that could be a, a, a really strong team. So um, that being said, you know, a caveat to as per usual, I, I still think that they've got inherent weaknesses. And I think that if you're always trying to play a team like without a single mistake to be able to be competitive, that's not a useful team build to have because that's just, that's just, that's just hurts you, right? So... Um, so yeah, I, I, th- but those those would be my answers. Time for one more, or I'm looking at that clock and it's going. Yeah, I think we've got time for a couple. Cool, let's go for it. Right. So, how does your tack op and kill team selection change when on open versus ITD? Are there more other things you prioritize more? Okay. Yeah. So, um, some great questions here. Tack ops and kill team selection. Let's start with um, tack ops. I think probably. So. Um, the, the main thing about Into the Dark that I would say is it is significantly harder to get across the board. Um, and therefore, the, the sort of the generic be within X range of your opponent's drop zone can be a lot harder to do. Um, so you've got to factor in your movement potential when you're looking at these sort of things and, and, and how easy it is for you to get there. And you have to remember that turn one is very much like a staging turn. So you're probably just setting up in, in, into position turn one and it's not actually all that killy and explosive. Um, so that's that's my, my sort of first point. So remember how far away the board is, particularly if you're playing like lengthways and into the dark, well, that can be a really long like distance to, to, to get. And, and based on where the doors are, it, it, it's tough. 
And another one is when you're selecting kill uh, attack ops is understanding that it can be difficult to shift between rooms. So, um, you know, if you're playing, I don't know, central control and secure center line and all that sort of stuff, uh, but you the majority of models are on the left and right flanks, you might not be able to get back into the middle at all um, to achieve that. So, like, you've got to be careful when it, when it, when it comes to these sorts of things. Um, so that's probably what I would say on, on that. And then on, on equipment or, or kill team selection, I would say um, things like free mission actions like exponentially increase in value because just being able to move through doors freely uh, is so useful, but you have to tie it to the mission as well. Like, so if you're, it's even more valuable if you're playing like loot with doors because being able to open a door and move onto a point and loot it like as a two APL model, that is so significant um, in comparison to to say um, to say you know not being able to do that because you have to have someone else open it and then you move on at the next turn or, and someone's already gone over there and taken it. So um, that's kind of the way I would do it. So um, that's my main things when it comes to tack ops and, and and kill team selection. And then the next thing I'd say is like look at blast weapons as well with with what that gives you. And is there ways to try and get more out of out of that? So, if you have, let's say, um, rending on your blast weapon, suddenly that becomes much more powerful. Um, and and suddenly, like, let's say you're let, oh, let's work corsair is a perfect example. You have rending, you have lethal five because it's now blast. And if you have a crit, you can retain a mister hit without casts. Well, suddenly that becomes that goes from being like an unreliable weapon. Uh, to becoming a very reliable weapon and very reliable and very killy. And that's that's really, really powerful. So before where I'd normally take the blaster, um, the shredder on Into the Dark now is like against a lot of opponents. That's really, really cool. Um, but you still have to you still have to look at the damage like break points, but but a lot of the time I'd say that's probably one where I'd where, where I'd look at taking it. So um yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think blast weapons have inherently more value. A lot of the um, a lot of the torrent weapons, I I would suggest, are still pretty uh, poor. Like there's there's a few exceptions, but um, generically, that's that's probably um, probably where we're at. So that's that's what I think think my point of view is on that. Any any fillings or no, one hundred percent, yeah. That sorcerer with his. Blast and um, Splash One is just um, it's a disgusting on ITD. Oh yeah, Splashes, yeah, ITD Splashes is, is just insanely good. So um, that's kind of what I'd say. So um, I should touch back on Tac Ops. I think for me, I would look at what distance you actually need to go and how many obstacles are there to get in the way of you doing that. Because let's say someone just goes and sits on a door. Um, and doesn't open it. Well, you now have to go to that door, open it, kill the person that's there, then move through the door, and that's taking you at least two turning points. So, you know, that is a lot of commitment if you're trying to get to your opponent's drop zone, for instance. And there's some that are like board edge rather than drop zone. You have to be really aware if it's board edge because board edge is so hard to get to uh, on a lot of these maps. So um, for TAC Ops, I, I would say really sort of read into them. Stuff that's not necessarily tied to that is is inherently pretty good. Um, 
be careful with things like the secure hatchway if it means that it's locked in a certain compartment and you can't get your main force to it if it, if your attack goes wrong. Like if someone rolls really high and they just kill everyone in a certain room, well, you know, how do you get models back to that is is, is one of the things that I'd say. Um, unfortunately, kind of, it's like, I think 10 o'clock at night now. So yeah. uh, we're probably going to have to pause and, uh, and, and hit one us. again. Um, the clock has defeated us. And I, I am I am pretty tired after a full tournament tournament day. Uh, you've been in A and E and whatever else because you know <laughs> you wouldn't um, know you have yeah. you have a a scratchy throat or something. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So hopefully I can get this edited and get it out of people pretty soon, and then and then we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But was there anything else that you wanted to to throw in, Connor? Before we no, but well, we obviously you know the clock's beating us. I can see there's um, still some more questions we want to attack, but um, we'll we'll take a note of these. We've not missed them, and we'll pick them up in future episodes. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. We are, we're we going to re-attack the, these page and priority questions um, and we're, we're going to keep bringing them in. And I've got um, show notes already about you know how to take on some, some Gellapox infected and that sort of stuff as well. So we're going to we're going to tie this all together and we're going to we're going to see where it goes and we, we're going to keep trying to put out the, the regular content because we've been a little bit quiet for a while and you know the, I think we owe it to the community to, to keep going. Um, and obviously the, the priority is getting the, the answers to these questions. So hopefully we're going to maintain a regular trickle of uh, of content coming through. All right, so that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Hopefully you did find something new or useful whilst listening. And if you did, throwing us a like would be greatly appreciated. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on the episodes, make sure to hit that subscribe button and click that bell. So as soon as the next one drops, uh, you'll get a notification as soon as it comes out. That really is one of the best ways to help a small channel like ours. And if you can't wait and you do want early access, we have a patron. We get exclusive access to all our content ahead of time, uh, as well as access to our uh, Discord and Patreon priority questions. As Connor just said, we'd always appreciate to hear your thoughts and feedback, so drop a comment below and we'll get right to you. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Turning Point Tactics. I'm your host, Ryan, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.